Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast, episode 82, presented by the Game Entertainment and Media. Uh, big news in the NHL today. Sorry we didn't get to you yesterday, by the way. We were at a Hounds game trying to see Shane Wright play hockey, but he was hurt, so we didn't even get to see that. But, and the Hounds got pumped. What was it? What was oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Was 8-3? <laughs> was that the final? I want to say it was 9-4. 9-4? Oh, I stopped counting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was an absolutely tough scene. Like, it was one of the toughest scenes I think I've ever seen at a Hounds game, to be completely honest with you, in person anyway. Um, but yeah, big news out of the NHL today. Huge news. The biggest domino in the trade, uh, trade market has fallen. And Bo Horvat is a New York Islander. Yeah. Vancouver kind of got fleeced here, I think. Well, it kind of does fit the mold, right? Guys are rental at this point. Like they might be able to get assign them to a contract. I'm, I'm sure they're going to try. Yeah. I don't think they make the deal if they can't if they don't see themselves because they're not they're sitting outside of a playoff spot right now right so this would only be a move for the future like so i, I did see i did see one from the islanders perspective i did see one comment saying if this push is kind of unsuccessful because there's still what uh trade deadlines march something march 3rd i want to say yeah uh basically they have like five weeks to make this push and if they don't make that push flip them for a, a better return than what they gave Vancouver. <laughs> That's playing with fire though, man. That's truly playing with fire. It is. But I mean, if, if the push doesn't work and you can't sign him long-term, then. Yeah, I guess I it know. is what it is at that point. Like, what are you going to do? Vancouver needed to get something for him, I guess is where they're coming from. I I feel like they could have got you're right though. More than Anthony Beauvillier, a conditional first and, and a prospect. Yeah, no, it was it was not a lot. Uh, the first though is uh, so it's top twelve protected this year. If it slides, so if it's this year, it goes to next year, or yeah, to twenty twenty four, and that becomes an unprotected first in twenty twenty four. Okay, so that's so the condition. So it's not terrible, but ah oh, man, I I feel like they could have done better than that. Yeah. To be completely honest with you, uh, and just... apparently the Canucks are retaining twenty five percent as well. See what so, I mean? Like they could have, they could have done better. Yeah, but that is the biggest trade chip that was knowingly available. There, there, there seems to always be a guy that gets traded that you had no idea was even on the market. Yeah. I don't know if you like you found that in recent years, but I've always found that there always seems to be a guy who for, just for, the, gets... for the right price, everyone can get traded. Exactly, it's just so hard in Gary Bettman's cap hell that he's created yeah. to make a trade like. The big one for me is the best defenseman in the league this year, probably Norris Trophy frontrunner, is Eric Carlson. And nobody can trade for him, even though he's on an absolutely terrible team. Like, and yeah. nobody can make the trade for him because of Gary's cap hell. Like, how is that good for the game? It's not. I I I struggle with that all the time. This is the hard salary cap that we've imposed in the NHL is it's so crippling. Is what is the word that I would use? It's crippling. Yeah. Well, because you, you basically just, have there's like, no room for creativity. Well, you basically have like the top half of the league is capped out. Most of those, most of the top teams are like basically at the limit with LTIR and all that. And then you have the bottom half of the league tanking for Connor Bedard. There's no middle ground right now. There's nobody 
you know, willing and, and especially because Gary Bettman's so tough on uh like avoiding uh like the cap. I remember the Habs gotten were almost in trouble for that uh in the, the Seattle expansion draft because everyone's saying, Oh, what if they take Carey Price and then trade him back to Montreal with half his salary retained or something like that? And Gary Bettman was like outright, he's like, No, that's uh I forget the exact term he used for it. But he's like, that would be against the cap. We wouldn't allow that to happen. So you're, you're not even letting the bad teams take on cap to fuck it, to do shit. Yeah, it's so. it's counterproductive. What it's supposed to do is create competitive balance. That's the idea of a cap, right? Is that yeah. so lower market teams can compete with the higher market teams. But it doesn't seem like that's really what the cap in the NHL anyway has done because the lower market teams still suck. All of them. Well, all of them. I think what's been the worst thing right now, and especially because of COVID, is the cap hasn't gone up. No, none. It's gone up minimally over the last even five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, we look at a guy like Crosby never made over 10 million on a contract. Like that's that's nuts. But like back in the day when the cap was smaller, it made more sense. Now the cap's near, it's what, 82, 83 million? Somewhere in that yeah, ballpark? Somewhere around there. I think it's like 82 and like it's it's just not gone up it's been at the 80 mark for four or five years now like there's no room for it to grow like you know matthews is probably going to be a fucking 15 million a year player Lost. but the cap the, the cap hasn't grown and it like to reflect that yeah 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 and you know who really gets soccer like gets sewered is bottom six guys because <laughs> All these teams are paying so much money to the the star players still, and they have to just plug those holes with $900,000, two million dollar contracts, right? Like yeah. some guys are undervalued at that end because the guys on the top end are so high end, right? Like that's just yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting dynamic what has been created because of the salary cap. And I just like I know I follow other sports leagues with franchises and salary caps and they're a lot more lenient with the salary cap. Like there's luxury taxes and all that. That's all we really need. Like that's all I think the NHL needs is a luxury tax, but that's a conversation for another day. We were supposed to talk about the Horvat trade. So let's get yeah. into the actual trade. Um, First of all, from Vancouver's perspective, like I said earlier, you have to get him out of there. Like, and they're going to yeah. be trading other players too, right? Like they've admitted they want to embrace the tank. Like Rutherford came out and said that. So that's what's going to happen. Um, it just, what rubbed me the wrong way is I actually saw a quote from Bo Horvat from a couple of weeks ago, or maybe not a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, him talking about the fact that he was, um, he was selected to the all-star game. And he said, I don't think they'd trade me before I went to represent the team at the all-star game. But who knows the way this year has gone, anything can happen. And look what happened. They did it. They did exactly that. They traded. And actually, I'm very curious to see what happens. We'll talk about that at the end because it's way less important. But what happens with the All-Star game? Like, who does he represent now? It's kind of a weird situation. But um, it's just from that organization and the way that they've operated this year, I'm nowhere near surprised that they just they did their captain like that. You know what I mean? That's the, he's been in, how long has he been there now? Six, seven. Drafted in 2013. So there you go. Almost 10 years. This guy 
played for the Vancouver Canucks and is their captain and is their best player, was their best player up until he got traded earlier today. Yeah. This year anyway. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a tough, tough situation. And for, from the Islanders perspective, um, again, they're not in a playoff spot right now. So I don't really understand what they're trying to accomplish by giving up, you know, a plug and play player in Beauvillier centerman, not the best numbers this year. I think he's only got nine goals, but he's still a good player and they give up their best prospect and the first for what for a rental for what yeah that's like i said like they don't make that that playoff spot then they you know but also at the same time i think vancouver could have got a better return so i don't think the islanders got totally ripped off if they don't know i just i just it doesn't make sense for me for them to make the trade it's not that they got ripped off it's not that they paid too much it's just they're they're not in a position to be acquiring a guy like that right now yeah that's that's what I don't understand. I think like my, my final point on this is I'm glad he's not a Boston Bruin. Boston Bruin or a Tampa Bay Lightning. That those <laughs> thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. But yeah, and I don't know that he's that guy who's going to put the New York Islanders over the top and, and into a playoff spot. Am I wrong? Like, I don't think he's that guy. I, I don't think so, but I, I I don't, I think the, the price they paid on that gamble is not terrible. Yeah. And crazier things have happened. Exactly. So, uh, moving on to some Leafs Habs. Sorry, we usually start with that, but we figured with the breaking news, we'd get right to it. Uh, Leafsland, Morgan Riley scored his first goal of the season. First goal actually since April of 2022. So that kind of was crazy to hear. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a relieving goal. John Tavares, big night for the captain Sunday night. Uh, 1000 games in the national hockey league. Uh, they had the silver stick ceremony as they do with thousand gamers. They had a cute little silver stick for his kid. Little mini stick. It was it was adorable. Um, yeah, and it was great. Nobody deserves to be recognized and honored more by his teammates, fans, and family than than John Tavares. He's one of the most stand up guys in the entire league. I think. Oh, definitely. I don't think anybody would ever have a bad thing to say about John Tavares. To be completely honest with you, that's no. he's he's the epitome of class. And yeah, that's that. So. Stick taps. Yeah. Stick taps to John Tavares. Leafs win against uh, Washington on Sunday night. Uh, (laughs) Pretty tough loss to Ottawa on Friday night. No Saturday night game this week, as I mentioned last week. But the Friday night loss to Ottawa was... um, Well, it was like probably the worst game the Leafs have played this season, to be completely frank. Like... They just sucked. They they sucked. And that's... <laughs> the, the score showed it. Um, and that leads me to the next thing, which is Matt Murray. Man, oh, man. Did I see this coming? <laughs> the book on Matt Murray... 
coming in was he'll be he'll put up reasonable goaltending numbers when he's playing. But you don't know how much he's going to be playing, right? I think a lot of people, when these two signings came in, kind of thought that it was going to be Murray taking up most of the workload with Samsonov as kind of like a secondary, like, oh, nice, we signed that guy too, kind of kind of thing. Especially considering, as an RFA, Washington just gave up on him, right? When a team gives up on a young goaltender like that, you're not expecting a whole lot out of him. We've got a whole lot out of them. We've really got a whole lot of out of Ilya Samsonov. Uh, and we've needed to because Matt Murray has been hurt for a decent portion of the year. Um, on top of that, there's been a few times where he's gone in and he hasn't been very good. His last game that he actually played, he got pulled in favor of Samsonov. And we ended up winning the game. So, I don't know. He left the last game there that game against Ottawa my apologies with a flared up ankle injury he hasn't played in like 10 days before he he hadn't played in 10 days before that so what's going on here and and the other thing too with that is he stayed on the bench and backed up Samsonov so he was able to play and it just so happened that that was against his old team, right? Like, it's just, it's frustrating. It's it's extremely frustrating. Like, you really wanted him to play that game. He puts Samsonov in a terrible spot. Samsonov has his worst game of the year. And the Leafs played the, their worst game of the year in front of him. And it was just a recipe for disaster. It was terrible. And, uh, yeah, it, that that's that's kind of what, the worry is right now is what the hell is going on with Matt Murray, man. So do you think this is kind of the beginning of the end for Matt Murray in Toronto or what? Well, I don't think you can make that determination in January. It's still January. Let's call it February 1st of, of his first year on the team. You can't. How many can't more years does he have left? Uh, I think just this one and one more, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and lastly, the biggest news out of Toronto is obviously Austin Matthews uh, being hurt. Austin Matthews out three weeks minimum with a, I believe it was a sprained knee or something with a, I think it was a knee injury. I want to say it was sprained knee. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, I think I had the same reaction as mostly fans and that is we're playing Tampa in the first round, regardless of what really happens, who plays, when they play, whatever. So just be healthy for the playoffs, I think, is kind of what everybody... Like, we don't want you to play through something right now in meaningless hockey games so that... And then you're injured, I mean, in the playoffs, right? Like, that's that's kind of what we want to avoid. So I think a lot of people had... A lot of fans had the same reaction there. Um. It puts John Tavares in a tough spot. Not really a tough spot, but it, it gives him an opportunity to really even to like play. He's had a really good year, John Tavares. Really good rebound. Year quietly, it, yeah. Quietly, and it gets a chance to not be so quiet here because he's going to be the number one centerman, right? And he doesn't have, like, going going from Austin Matthews and John Tavares as your one-two to John Tavares and Alex Kerfoot or John Tavares and Pontus Holmberg as your one-two is a big drop-off, man. Like, a big drop-off. Yeah. So they're going to need to figure that out. Um, my opinion, we could talk about this at length. 
after we do a little bit of Hobbs, but my opinion is William Nylander should just play the center. Second line center role. Uh, keep, keeps his feet moving, which Keith has always said that's when Willie's at his best is when his feet are moving. And he has said that his feet are moving the most when he is playing center. So I'd say you give him that opportunity, but who knows? Anyway, I haven't taken up a lot of airtime. I can hardly breathe. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting week in Montreal. Uh, started the week with a 4-2 loss to the Bruins. Probably the Habs' best showing of the year. You know, keeping the best team in the league. You know, played right up to the last. I think they scored the winner with about two minutes left. Uh, and then an empty netter. Uh, yeah, like really just competing with the best team in the league. With a very depleted roster. I can go on about the injuries. I will uh, get there uh, shortly. But that, that was a really good game. Showed uh, a really young team. Got, we we can not fight with the best, but we can at least put up a fight against the best. Uh, followed that up with a 4-3 overtime loss to Detroit. Again, a really good game. The uh, A lot of the Laval Rocket call-ups, uh, Alex Belzeal, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, and Mike Pizzetta, uh, they've actually been like the best fourth line the Habs have had in a very long time. Uh, not just stylistically. They're big energy guys. Tons of fucking bodies, pucks on net all the time. Uh, but actually, in the Red Wings game, they controlled uh, 100% of the chances when they were on the ice, which is, I think it was 6 nothing uh, the total. Uh, and three of them were high danger scoring chances, which is good to see. Uh, and then Saturday night, we got fucked by the Senators. We just, we played like shit. So it was like, it's it's been like that. You know, you get two good performances, maybe you don't get the result, and then you just fucking play like ass. Um, but on Saturday, the Habs, or Friday night, the Habs had to emergency recall Owen Beck from the Peterborough Peets from the OHL. That's how bad our situation is. We are calling up junior players, uh, to come and play. Uh, so he made his NHL. Not deep you are, but yeah, continue. Well, there's only so many call-ups. You're apparently, apparently limited call-ups, uh, from the AHL because I I don't know how that works. I, I don't know the, the complications of that. But we have like four, five, five guys called up from the AHL right now. So I don't know if there's some sort of limit, but uh, we were able to recall Owen Beck uh, on an emergency uh, call up uh, for one game. Uh, he actually played pretty well. Uh, you could definitely see the, the signs that he will be a good NHL player, played a pretty good 200 foot game, had some chances offensively, did his job defensively. Uh, the team around him just also kind of sucked. So that was, you know pretty shitty but uh, yes we played his one game got sent back to peterborough and uh yeah that is that is montreal right now so i just want to point out one quick thing here just because you're bitching about uh injuries so yes i know uh, according to at man games lost nhl twitter account the toronto maple leafs actually lead the national hockey league in man games lost to injury this year with 358 which is actually 12 more man games lost than montreal has so hold on i'm not done with my point Man. um montreal currently sits at 2026 20, and four with a 0.44 win percentage uh, did i mention 26th in the national hockey league the toronto maple leafs sit at third in the national hockey league with 31 wins 12 losses eight overtime losses for a 0.686 points percentage so i don't want to hear any bitching out of you about no, Montreal no, no, no. and their man-games lost. You are, they're just a bad team, is what it no, is. No, no. Uh, if, if we were fully healthy, we would still not be in a playoff spot. We, we're, we are rebuilding. That is the point of this. We are rebuilding. 
I'm I'm I don't complain about Man Games Lost in the sense that like oh like we would be better like we we would be probably better off but not competing for a playoff spot and I said this last season too we would be better than last place but not much and also we had like 700 man games lost last season so like fuck don't I don't even want to talk about last season yeah no I don't either trust me (laughs) I have no interest in talking about last season (laughs) um so yeah that uh Let's talk about the All-Star game. All right. Let's talk about a couple of interesting things that are taking place here. So so with with the Bo Horvat thing. That's what I was just about to say, man. What happens do, now? Do you remember John Scott? <laughs> I do. So he was voted in by the fans. The league was pissed about it. Uh, so he got traded from, was it Phoenix or Arizona or whatever? I forgot where he was playing before. But he got traded to the Montreal Canadiens uh, and was a Montreal Canadian uh, at the time of All-Star Weekend. But instead of wearing the, uh, I think they still did it by conference and I don't think it was by division. But instead of wearing like the Eastern Conference jersey, he was just wearing like a plain NHL jersey. With like, no, normally they have like the, their team logo on the, the shoulders. There was nothing. It was just NHL logos. So I assume Bo Horvat will probably do the same. Um it would be uh, like they might give him like an Islanders patch, but I don't, I don't see it. But yeah, that's but the teams are divisions. Who does he play for? He, I think he'll have to play for the team that he was. Uh, he'll play for the Pacific Pacific Division, right? Yeah, yeah. He'll have to play for the Pacific Division, but like he won't. Like when they're doing the skills competition, normally the Pacific Division. What? But he's not in the Pacific Division. But he like he got voted in as a Pacific Division player. Yeah, but okay. I think uh, the, John Scott, I think, was the same thing. Was he was traded to a, a Eastern Conference team from the Western Conference, but he still represented the Western Conference in quotations. Represented the Western Conference at that All Star game. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and that, that, and that, I, I don't know the rules I don't that's just the one example I can think of where a guy's been traded like that if that's the way they want to do it if they want to fucking I don't know fill his spot in Vancouver and just have an extra guy in the in the metro like I don't know yeah my beef with the NHL all-star game both both Austin Matthews well, I guess just in the Atlantic, it is Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews obviously will not be competing in the All-Star game due to this knee injury. I get it. It's in Florida. But there's no way that Alex Barkov should be there and William Melander should, like, shouldn't. Well, I think this is more just uh, how they pick the players for it. Like... I, I get that they want to do one guy per team because it's a mark. At the end of the day, this is a marketing thing, right? And if you don't have a Columbus Blue Jacket player there, you're not getting money from that fan base, right? That's money and views. That's what they want. And if you don't have a Blue Jackets player, you're not getting the money and views, right? And I'm just picking on Columbus here because they're just mediocre. So I understand wanting a player from every team. I get that. That's fine. I have no issue with that. But like, and I'm going to like Toronto and Tampa are probably the two best examples. 
they genuinely both have like six all stars. Fucking send them. You want to show the world and the fans the best players in the league? But send no, them. this this is the issue, Catano. It was a replacement for a Leafs player. That's here's, what. I, here, that's here, the whole point of what I'm trying to say right now. Well, my whole thing is you. Sh- they shouldn't have to. You shouldn't be bitching about William Elander not being there because he should have been okay. there regardless. I understand that, but we don't live in our fantasy land where right. we get to right. send everybody to the to the All Star game. We have to operate within the rules of the NHL. So why, when a Leaf player, so hold on a second here, why when Austin Matthews gets get like gets taken pulled from the roster, does a guy who has twenty eight goals, thirty one thirty one assists for fifty nine points? doesn't get taken over i have to so we're talking a guy who's in 13th and or 14th in league scoring sorry the this leafs guy have, goes instead pardon the leafs have other representation marner's there marner's there okay I, I was making sure they had at least one yeah barkov's only got 47 points he's only got 14 goals he's in 45th in points in the national hockey league right now and he goes over william nylander sitting at 14th with 28 31 for 59 Like and at that point, the team like what team you play for shouldn't matter. Best players go to the All Star game. I don't know. That's I just I have beef. I have mad beef with that. Mad beef. Eric Carlson has sixty six points. Yeah, in fifty one games, and nobody can trade for him. <laughs> it's insane. The next closest D man. Is Deline with fifty five? Anyway, he's on fire. That's that's my beef with the uh, with the All Star game this year. Yeah. Jerseys well, are I, wild though. I don't know. If you great saw. jerseys, but like I think their that whole their whole selection process is stupid. Yeah, like the fact the fact that Austin Matthews got in on the fan vote and what wasn't like an like an automatic All Star. Like, but that's the, the thing is William Nylander this year has been more of an All Star than Austin Matthews has. Like, by far. Yeah. Uh, has Mitch Marner been better than both, you'd say? No, not even close. William Nylander's been the best. Yeah, so, 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 but that, that's the thing. So, Mitch Marner gets in the automatic spot for the Leafs. And then you're leaving Matthews and Nylander to the vote. I don't know that's if you remember, he went on a fantasy, like, literally, like, the craziest point streak in, sorry, not fantasy, franchise history. Oh, no, I, I get that. But, like... My my point is they all three of them sh- healthy. All three of them should be there, and that that shouldn't be a fan vote. Fan vote should be fucking like. So should John Tavares. Yeah. John Tavares 100%. is in twenty ninth in points, sixteen ahead of Alex Barkov. Yeah. He shouldn't be there. Like Barkov shouldn't be there, and it's annoying that he is. It's just a frustrating thing for me. Yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to get off your chest? I'm tired. It's we usually do this in the afternoon. I'm tired. <laughs> it's nighttime. We're using a new uh, program. So the Habs only have two games this week. We've got the Senators tomorrow night uh, in Montreal. And then we've got the Islanders on Saturday Saturday night in Montreal. Actually, we got a Sunday game too at 1230. So we'll probably be recording uh, during that game. But yeah, yeah. Uh, hoping for a bit of a bounce back against the Senators. Not necessarily the result, but at least the performance. Got to fucking 
Gotta yeah, we got the that. Bruins in town on uh, Wednesday, and then we don't play again until Friday the 10th. So we'll only have the one game between uh, now and, and the next recording. So, all right. Yeah, yeah All Star Weekend we... is upon us. Super Bowl is set. That was uh, interesting. Not that anybody listening to a hockey podcast cares about the Super Bowl, but yeah, should be a good one. It should be fun. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'm exhausted. Sorry, I'm a little flat today, everybody. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have. You said you got everything off your chest. You're good to go? Yeah, I think I'm good to go. You're good to go. All right. Thank you to the Game Entertainment and Media for uh, promoting us, sponsoring us, hosting us on your platform. Uh, go check them out. Like, click, subscribe. All of those things mean a lot to everybody. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next Sunday, episode 83. Thanks for listening.